Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. You know, certainly have not exhausted the subject of the name of Jesus. But in, in, in teaching the Word of God, we need to continue on in the subject of the power sources of God. We began it by studying a little bit on, on the Word of God, on how the Word of God has power in it, and uh, how the Word of God is our standard for the supernatural. Oh, church, man, uh, let, me, let me caution you to be care- careful of the sensational. We are living in the last of the last days. You're going to see signs, wonders, miracles, outstanding manifestations, and everybody's going to ooh and ah, and some of it's not going to be God. We're going to have to know the difference. Because everything that God does gives honor to Jesus. It doesn't draw an attention to a man or a movement or a church or anything like that. It gives honor to Jesus. And so I thank God for that and thank God for the, for the wisdom that He gives us in the Word of God in order to understand that. Amen. Now, the Lord just met talking to me. That's why I'm taking my time. Go to, go, you're, in, you're in Psalms there. Before you do that, go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 3. Now, the name of Jesus. Oh, my goodness. That name's above every name. We began by studying the name by looking at Acts chapter 3 and understanding this church. The church was birthed in power. The first two, three chapters of the book of Acts are power chapters. The power of the word of Jesus when he commands the disciples to go to the upper room. The power of the Holy Ghost that filled that day. And then the power of the name of Jesus that we saw at the gate beautiful. Now listen, church, all that's available to us. And listen, there are people that call us a cult. They call us all kinds because we actually believe that. How many have ever been touched by the power of God? I mean, come on, church. I mean, that's, that's the most awesome thing in the world. And then there's so many churches and so many denominations that totally discount anything to do with the power of God. We went and saw a movie uh, Friday night. I really enjoyed Jesus' Revolution. I knew the history of it. And it was amazing to see the split that took place right there. Even in the beginnings of that revival and outpouring, there was a split. One, went, one, one group went for the Holy Ghost. They all became the vineyard churches all around the, all around the world. All the vineyard churches came out of that. The other became the Calvary Chapel churches all over the world. We've worked with Calvary Chapel until they found out who we were. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they were blessed. Uh, but you know, movements are like that. God's desiring to move right now. Somebody asked me about the thing that's going on at the college. I said, man, I, I'm going to say it's God until I know it's not. I mean, don't ever, don't ever, you know, discount something that, well, God's moving over here, God's moving over there. No, 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 don't, don't, don't ever, well, it's not in a church, it's not, listen, anywhere God stirs people, we ought to be happy, we ought to be joyful. Amen. Now, we studied that Jesus got His name in three different ways. He got it through conquest, His victory's yours. He got it by having it conferred upon Him. Remember Philippians chapter 2? Amen. Made himself of no reputation, became obedient even unto death, wherefore God has highly exalted him. Then in Hebrews we saw he got it through inheritance, which gives it to us because we are heirs and joint heirs with him. So you have the right. Now listen to me very carefully because we'll kind of make this an ending point on the name of Jesus till we pick it up again some other time. 
You have the right to use the name of Jesus. Every one of you, you have the right to use the name of Jesus and fully expect its power to manifest on your behalf. As we have concluded, our catchphrase for the name of Jesus is the name of Jesus takes the place of Jesus being personally present with us. Amen. So we see it. He got it through, through, through conquest, conferred upon him, and then through inheritance. That right there in all those scriptures, I've got, that's enough to meditate on the word of God and get so much power on the inside of you. You can cast the devil out of the devil. Maybe not. I wanted to go to Matthew chapter 3. Now today, we're going to begin to look at the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, before we really, we're going to dig into this really good because you've got to understand, you've got a power on the inside of you, honey, that God not only used to create the world, but He used to raise the Son from the dead. And that power is the essence of who He is, and it's in you. So we're not only just going to study the power of the Holy Ghost as being relevant to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we're going to study the power of the Holy Ghost as being relevant to the new birth. But we must understand something that I think I take for granted that, that most people understand and know this, but we must understand that we are what's called, we believe in what's called a trinity. And it's not so hard to believe in the trinity. God the Father, God the Son or God the Word, and God the Holy Ghost. But there's a lot of people out there who don't believe in the trinity. But here's the thing. God is such a unique individual in itself. He has the ability to separate Himself into three distinct entities. And even though those entities are one, each one of those entities carry a dimension of ministry from God to us. God comes up with all the plans. Jesus gives us the framework. The Holy Ghost carries it out. And it's all done because the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from sin and unrighteousness. But I wanted us to understand that there is a scripture in the Bible because I know some of you have friends that may be of certain denominations that are what's called oneness or Jesus only. And all of those that I've ever encountered uh, throughout my life have either changed because of this or got even more, what would you call, uh, uh, fundamental or got even more legalistic. But, but Matthew chapter 3 shows us a picture of the Trinity I think you need to see. I've read that scripture to you, you guys a hundred times, thousand times for you that have been here. But in that scripture we see, everybody say we see. It's not inferred to. It's not a, a type or a shadow. We see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost in action in one place. Now, if you can see that, you've got to come to the conclusion that there is a Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. There's one God. Amen. One baptism. That's the baptism into the body of Christ. Amen. And we understand those things and we can begin to put together completely what we need to understand the power of the Holy Ghost in us. Amen. Now, notice Matthew chapter 3, beginning there in verse... Uh, Oh, this is good. Beginning there, verse 16. It says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting up on him. And lo, a voice come from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Now, you with me? Now, notice this very carefully. When Jesus was baptized, came up straight away out of the water, the heavens were open. Now we know this through studying the Word that Jesus positioned Himself where God wanted Him to be. 
He did not go in and usurp the ministry of John the Baptist. He did not come in and come in over the ministry of John the Baptist. He submitted himself to water baptism and in his submission, a great anointing, the full measure of the Holy Ghost came upon him. So we see the sun and the water. Everybody say the sun and the water. Then we see the Holy Ghost descending from heaven in the form of a dove. That's what John saw. John the Baptist saw the Holy Ghost descend and light upon him because God had told John, the one that you see the Holy Ghost come upon, he's the one. Amen. That's when John began to declare, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So we have, we have the sun and the water. If I say the sun and the water. We have the Holy Ghost descending from heaven. And we, then we've got a voice. Everybody say a voice. And lo, a voice. Everybody say a voice. From heaven saying, now here's how we know it's the Father. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now do you see? Can you see in this scripture? Not just, not just some shaded revelation. Can you see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? The three in one. Amen. Now John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We'll get back over to Psalms. Just give me. John chapter 14. Make sure I'm in the right place. Now, beginning there in verse 15. Jesus speaking, red letters in my Bible. Amen. Now here's a question. If you love me, there's an if there. So that means a decision on your part. If you love me, keep my commandments. So there's the proof of your love for God, that you keep His commandments. You know what the Bible says about His commandments? They're not grievous. Amen. Now notice this. Let me find it again here. It says, uh, well, I lost my scripture. What was that, verse 15? If you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray the Father, and he shall give you, now notice this, another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now notice this, even the spirit of truth. Now that's where that conviction comes from when you're entering into error or into a lie. Amen? The Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth and He abides and empowers you. So He's always putting forth the truth to you so that you can make the correct choice. Mm, We'll get back to that later. The Spirit of truth, who the world cannot receive because it seeth Him not, neither, neither knoweth Him, but you know Him. Now notice this, for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now everybody say, dwelleth with you and shall be in you. There's been more confusion over this scripture in the body of Christ. There are a lot of people that get born again. There are certain denominations that still do believe in the new birth. And they preach the gospel with the intention of getting people born again. But see, once you get people born again, you've got to teach them. They have to be taught. They have to be able to grow. Amen? So in this scripture here, we see very plainly that there is a twofold. Everybody say twofold are a two-part of the working of the Spirit of God in the life of every believer. Now, if we'll listen to this and listen to the way it is in the Word of God, we will never offend people 
in introducing them to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've got friends right now that I dearly love that God has put into my life in the past three or four years that are Christians that love God with all of their heart, but they need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm not trying to push anything on them. I'm not trying to do anything or present anything to them in such a way that it would be intimidating. I'm just trying to live a good life in front of them so they see I might have something they might want. Amen. But now notice this. Every person, every person that has made the decision to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God lives in you. That is the great miracle of the new birth is that the human spirit, the human spirit was flawed and God did not do a restoration job on the human spirit. What God did was kill it. You say, what do you mean He killed it? Upon the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, God provided a death. That's why Paul said, I'm crucified with Him. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He realized that old Saul of Tarsus had a place to die there at the foot of the cross. And now Paul, the apostle, has risen up in his steed. And don't get me wrong, Paul was just his Roman name that he went by. It wasn't some great spiritual thing. Amen? But so if you're born again, I don't care. Listen, if you're a Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, or whatever you are, If you've made Jesus, if you can look me in the eye and say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, the Holy Ghost lives in you. Amen. Amen. Now, one thing we must understand about the Holy Ghost, the first time we see Him is in Genesis chapter 1. I don't want to go there. We may do that later. But in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, beginning, God created the earth. The earth was was without form, void and without form. Amen. And the Bible says, and the Spirit of God, what? Moved. That word is the word broods, like a, like a, like a, like a hen will brood over chicks. The Spirit of God uh, moved upon the face of the earth. So the first revelation we get from the Bible of this part of God, which is called the Holy Ghost, is what? The great treasure in earthen vessels has now been put in you. The great treasure of God is His Spirit which is on the inside of you now and because you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, there is a potential in you that is not in somebody that's not born again. Holy Ghost is tangible. Active and tangible. That's exactly what the devil's tried to do with the church. Get the activity and the tangibility of the Holy Ghost out. out of the. And listen, the Holy Ghost can show up anywhere. The Holy Ghost, listen, is not fragile nor intimidated. Yeah. You know, uh, years ago, Lee and I had gone home to her, to her mom and dad's to, uh, for Christmas time. And so it was uh, uh, Christmas Eve, and at their Catholic church, they had uh, midnight mass. So we went, uh, uh, her dad and mom and she and I, we went. And so we sat there. place was packed out at midnight. It wasn't a, 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 a seat in the house. And that, that Catholic choir got up there and sang these old, beautiful Christmas hymns. Then the the priest or the father, whoever he was, he got up and preached a message called the Incarnate Christ. Of course, that Catholic congregation, they sat there. And Leah almost had to hold me down. I was like, "Woo! hear what he just said? Glory to God, that's good! I mean, it was awesome. And you can ask Leah. I don't know if anybody else knew it, but she and I knew it. The glory and the presence of God just went into that building. And I'm telling you, it was as strong and as real and as tangible as any meeting I've ever been in. It was the Holy Ghost. Amen? So, understanding 
that God wants there to be a twofold working of the Spirit of God in your life, it must be an understanding that it begins with a new birth in you. Jesus is the one that coined the phrase. You must be born again. That's where you start this relationship with God. Now, I've, I've, I've heard people say this for years, and I've never adopted it. I've heard some very famous preachers say this. You've got to develop a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Heard Catherine Kuhlman say it. Heard Benny Hinn say it. But I never bought it. You say, why not? The Holy Ghost has been given as our helper. And He helps us to come into relationship with Jesus. We don't, that's why we don't worship Him. I mean, we thank God for Him. We, 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 we call Him Him. It's the way it is in the Bible. But there's never any worship. There's never, I don't know, maybe in, in the times to come we will worship Him or whatever. But we don't do that now. And I have, quote, a relationship with the Holy Ghost, but it's not a singular relationship with the Holy Ghost. It's a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost that I came into when I got born again. Amen. 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 And when I got born again, I came into a reality, and I knew it as a six-year-old kid. Something is different. Something is different in me. Something has happened to me. I knew that when I was six years old. Amen. And was very aware of it for 12 years of being backslid as God wouldn't leave me alone. I figured if I ran far enough, there'd be a place where he'd leave me alone. I'd get up in the morning sometime. I'd hear my name. Listen. I'd go. Nobody'd be at home or in my apartment, wherever I was. I knew it was God calling me. God would speak to me all the time. What was that? That was the Holy Ghost trying to get me back into relationship with the Father and Jesus Christ. When you got born again, now listen to me. You became a child of God. Amen. You became a child of God. The human family is not a child of God. The human family has now become singular. In its, it is the, what, the human family, not God's family. What is God's family now is the church, the kingdom of God upon the earth. And your entrance is not by some Legal, well, I'm going to quit wearing makeup or I'm going to quit doing this. Quit do it's not by the do's and don'ts of life. It's by the Holy Ghost. It says in Titus, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He has saved us and then washed us with the regeneration of the Word of God and the Holy Ghost. So I like to say it like this. God has the plan for me. Jesus has the Word for that plan. And the Holy Ghost helps me carry it out. Amen? God's got the plan. Jesus gives the words, the power words, the power words, the power words, the power words. Then you get born again and those power words become the word of your life. Now you're living the word of life. Amen? And then the new birth does what? Brings you into reality of a family. God's family. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? God's family. And when you begin to realize, you really begin to realize, you know, I'm born again. Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. And see, sometimes we take that so for granted because we live in this realm of time thinking that, you know, well, you know, uh, uh, I think that we're, how can I say that, Lord? You know, you have to show it to me in words. I think many times we think that all of this is relevant. 
But this is very irrelevant because it's in a realm of time. So this moment's relevant right now. Three seconds ago is not relevant anymore. Three seconds over here is not relevant. But see, when you enter into eternity, everything is relevant. And you don't enter into eternity when you die. You enter into eternity when you get born again. And when you get born again, time loses its hold on you. You say, why? Because death loses its hold on you. And because death loses its hold on you, time doesn't intimidate you anymore. Therefore, you begin to realize there's something in me that's changed, something in me that's different. It's really not changed. It's been made brand new, brand new on the inside of you. And because it's brand new on the inside of you, now you've got what? You've got a new motivation. You've got a new spirit. It leads to a new way of living, a new way of thinking, a new way of receiving. Everything about it leads to newness, and all of that newness leads to change. I mean, I used to try to change my life. When I lived like a heathen, I never could. You know, you quit doing this, start doing that. It never happens. Flesh is, flesh is so, how can I say this? Flesh is so combative to spiritual things. That's why you've got to, that's why you've got to put it under. A little fasting, a little prayer doesn't hurt. Actually, a whole lot of fasting and prayer. If you're rolling, get there, amen? So if you're born again, everybody say born again, again. the Spirit abides. If you're born again, the Spirit abides. Now, that's the reason, that's the reason you're in the family of God because you, you share now the same spiritual DNA. You say, what, is, what does that mean? Well, there is a, if you could, if you could, Gauge, measure, or identify the human spirit. But they know it's there. Listen listen to what the world calls. You know what the world calls the human spirit? Your conscience. You ever heard somebody say, well, I just had a hunch. Well, that was your human spirit. Your human spirit, even if you're not saved. Now listen to me. This will help somebody. I don't know why I'm getting off on it, but it might help. Your human spirit. Now now this is, just, just set aside our salvation teaching for just a second. Your human spirit, just as a human being, let me say it again. Your human spirit, just as a human being, knows a whole lot more than your head does. Yes. That's why people say, well, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. Well, how'd you know that? Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's your spirit. I've heard people say, well, you know, I just had a hunch to buy this or to do that or to do this. I've talked to businessmen. I said, well, how, what, what do you mean you had a hunch? Well, I don't know. Well, it's your spirit telling them that. Yeah. But then when you get saved, that communication from your soul, amen, to your flesh, to your spirit, has now been interrupted by a new communication system being put on the inside of you. You've been rewired. And so the God gives us the Word, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. What does it do? It divides asunder or cuts apart that which is the spirit, soul, and body and a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So you, you get saved, then you get into the Word, and it begins to, oh, that's just my flesh. You figure that out. Well, that's my soul. That's my mind. That's my emotions. That's my own will. My own way. You figure that out. I mean, it takes a little time. You grow in the things of God. Then you figure out, oh, okay, okay, wait a second. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. God has a plan for my life. I've got His Spirit on the inside of me. I'm His child. Maybe I ought to serve Him. Maybe I ought to serve Him. And in your service to God, God will bring you into greater revelation. 
Amen. And the next great revelation after you get saved is another working of the same Spirit that moved on the inside of you by the name of Jesus through His shed blood that came by the plan of the Father. So God says, get born again and now you're my child. So next week we'll look at get filled with the Holy Ghost and you'll have power. Because I said, Jesus said, you shall receive power. Now that's not theological power. Amen. That's not religious power. That's Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power, which comes in and alters, alters the affairs of man by its power in the faith of the hearts that men and women that believe in it. Amen? So, my closing. I've seen for almost two decades a great reduction in the power and the ability of God. Not that he's lost anything. The church has lost it. The church has lost it. Amen? But you know, God's smart. Let me tell you what he's created in this nation. He's created a hunger. People don't have a hunger for church. They have a hunger for God. They have a hunger for Jesus. They don't even know it. But some of them are starting to figure it out. And here's the thing. We're going to see God begin to move in some unusual ways and some unusual places. And as people get born again, they're going to start looking for a place that will help them. Understand what's happened to them. Help them find what that plan is the Father has. Give them a greater reality of who Jesus is. And help the Holy Ghost to bring that dunamis power. Listen, when I got right with God, it was dunamis power that got me delivered from all that junk. But it's also that same dunamis power. You say, what does that mean? It means an outward power that affects things. Uh, we get a word uh, from, the, from the Greek word dunamis, we get a word called dynamite. If you light a, a, a stick of dynamite, you better do something with it. Because when that fuse gets to a certain point, reality's going to change. <laughs> I believe the fuse has been lit. And the Holy Ghost is fixing to explode in here. Oh, I better be careful. I'll get into things I shouldn't get into. Hallelujah. You love the Lord. Hallelujah. So always remember, if you're born again, and that's a decision that you must make. Now let me just say this, because it, it'll help you in your witnessing. If, if somebody here that needs to hear it, they can hear it. You're not, you're not a Christian or saved because you're an American. Nor are you saved nor does the Spirit of God abide on the inside of you because you're born into a Christian family. Amen? All of us must realize that as we do everything we can do to serve God, He does everything He can do to help us on the earth. I know that a lot of people here, you're fighting fights and battles. Some of you are just like, I've got to have a breakthrough. Something's got to happen. But here's the good news. You're one step closer. One day closer. One hour closer. One week closer. One month closer. One year closer. Well, I don't know if I can go on. You can. Just lean on Him instead of the arm of your own flesh. Amen?
Sure, it's easy to get weary in well-doing. It is. I know we've had uh, losing, losing missionaries is a, is a heartache. We're not going to take Guatemala off of the map. We're going to believe God to help support whoever goes and takes their place. We've got too much seed in that place. They're reaching people that nobody wants to go to. Little Indian people. Four foot, five foot tall. Nobody cares about. And they go there to tell them about Jesus so they can be born again. And I've seen it all over the world as I've prayed with literally thousands of people to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And you can almost see an, an instantaneous change in their countenance. You see the light of God come on their face and the light of dar- and darkness leave. And I don't know some of us are here and we think, that there are things we think we really know and really are sure of, but there's only one North Star on this planet, and His name is Jesus. People are so confused over so much today, but if you'll reach out to Him, I guarantee you, He'll touch your life and bless you. You'll never be the same, and you'll get joy like you've never experienced before in your life. The Bible calls it joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. Ever head bowed, ever eye closed, real quick. Most people, home folks here today, But I just want to make sure if you're here this morning, say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I need to be right with God. Please pray with me. If that's you, lift your hand right now. Anyone at all. Anyone at all. Praise God. Well, good. We trust you're all saved. Amen. We've had some uh, powerful prayer meetings the past couple of weeks. So if you possibly can, be with us in prayer on Wednesday night, Thursday night this week. Continuing to teach on redemption on Wednesday nights. Amen. Praise God. Where'd Brother Roland go? He leave? There he is. We got something else going on? Anything else going on? We good? Praise God. Stand on your feet. Glory to God. How many go have a victorious week? How many go tell somebody about Jesus? I love the opening of that movie of uh, Jesus Revolution. This hippie, he's walking down the road. And this girl, she's a pastor's daughter. Pulls over and picks him up. You know, he gets in with that Jesus freak smile on his face. Where are you going? What you doing? He's going, he said, I'm just out spreading the good news. And he's out in San Francisco or somewhere and got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. So she brought him home to his, her old denominational daddy. And that Jesus movement came out of that. Just that simple. A pastor's daughter picked up a hitchhiker and the rest is history. You tell me God, God has a hard time having revival. He doesn't. We're the ones that have a hard time entering into it. Let's just trust the Holy Ghost to make it easy for us. Amen. Father, thank you for today. Lord, as we always do, Lord, we, we, we thank you for protection and safety. Psalms 91. And Father, we're going to extend that this morning to all of our missionaries. Pastor Paul is flying from Sydney today. Be with him. Strengthen his body. Bless him, Father. Father, other missionaries that are moving around right now, for Brother Larry Mills, just pray with us, church. We've got some needs in in our missionaries we need to pray over. For Brother Larry Mills right now, Father, I lift him up. That that, that horrible destruction in Turkey. In his own town, over 21,000 people dead. The buildings are destroyed. But he's got... When I talk to him on the phone, he knows God's going to move. We lift up Larry and his family. Hallelujah. 
We lift up Christopher Long. Lord, as he throws that net, the multitudes come to Jesus. Father, we lift up the fishers in Hong Kong, the Ryan and Kimberly there in Ireland. Lord, we lift up David George, Father, for his health and his body. We declare it in Jesus' name. For Nicaragua, for the cooks. Lord, for Alan and Pat, those that are going this week, Father. Let an anointing, let the blessing of God, let something fresh and new, let it explode, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, for everything that's going on with new life, cross the Philippines, Lord. For Botswana, for Jerry and Jana, for the, for the Macri's for this move they're making in Australia, Lord. For all those that we know in Bolivia and India, in the Egan and Hannah in Tanzania, Lord. Father, all these men and women, we ask Psalms 91. And for our church, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling. Angels have charge over us. Father, we thank you in our travels, in the righteous labor of our hands, your hand of protection is upon us. And Father, I don't know why this rose up in my spirit. Be with our law enforcement. Our Galveston PD, our Sheriff's Department, our beach patrol, our highway patrol, our Texas Rangers. And Father, we pray over our federal law enforcement that, Lord, this, this corruption that has seemed to have gotten in, Lord, let it be purged in Jesus' name. And let them get out of a political stance and get into a, a law enforcement stance for our, for our nation, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, empower us to witness like never before. Let the words that we speak this week to people, let them be words of life. Let us be an encouragement to people, a problem to the devil, a miracle in lives of people. Lord, as we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We love you, Father. <laughs> we love you, Son. We love you, Holy Ghost. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. We can't live without you. We cannot live without you. So as we leave today, we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you called us to be. Thank you, you're here at Island Church, covered by the blood, powered by the word, anointed by the Holy God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.